the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tuesday. It's the day before the storm of all storms <laughs> that's coming into our area. I mean, I, I swear that if I if I wanted to do a two hour show about what people are talking about today, the storm, the storm. That's all I'm hearing about the storm. Summertime today. Possible, yeah. <laughs> possible. What are they saying? A tenth of an inch of to. A, Perhaps a quarter of an inch of ice. Perhaps. Per, that's the big word. Perhaps. They Perhaps. don't know for sure. Right. And then a dusting of snow. So you're going to look like a jelly. You're going to look like a jelly donut. What can I tell nice. you? All nice. right. Think about that. It's not bad. It Hopefully won't be terrible. <laughs> but just to make sure, because I live, as uh, Elizabeth knows, I live between two big hills on Highway Five. You know the hills that the big hills. Before you get to Greystone, yes, I live on top of those. Oh, okay. okay. All right, so I got. I'm taking home the the Comrex, which is a, a unit that I can broadcast from the house and there do my go. do the show from there. there and I just do all my guests by phone at that point, and uh, you know, uh, get on with the show from Prepping. there. It'd be nice and warm, unless the power is out. Yeah, hopefully. but we don't lose it very often. <laughs> I give give them credit up there. Uh, all of our power lines in our subdivision are buried. That's good. We do not have any power lines hanging out. I don't know why they don't do that. I don't know why they don't do that with infrastructure, you know? It's called money. Everywhere. Yeah. It's money. And we don't have any, yeah. apparently. It costs a lot. <laughs> you know, we've got a big yeah. fund somewhere. Or, right or they'll, they'll jack up because they've got to repair them. Uh-huh. Here's my thing. they got to repair them so they jack your rate up. All right, then they get them repaired and they bring the rate down. Leave the rate up, take that money, put it in savings, and slowly bury all the lines. Yeah. Right. That right. only makes sense. All those hurricane places that have hurricanes and everything. The lines are in the ground. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So it makes you wonder. Maybe is they'll there any do money it. in that new infrastructure bill for that. Yeah. You know, they got all this money supposed to be doing infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're working on equity, Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's equity. what's happening. I agree. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. the way they'll look at it. That's yeah. the way they'll do it. All right. So I wanted to start off with a topic we talked about yesterday, and I wanted to get your all's uh, perspective on this since you're females. Okay. And that is this guy at Penn who two years ago uh, was swimming with the men's team and now is swimming with the women's team and is blowing up all the records and winning all the races. He lost one the other day, right. but he threw it. <laughs> he even admitted, I yeah. threw the race. He gave it up. Yeah, yeah, wow, I, yeah. I let the other person win. Uh, you look yeah. at this, this swimmer, and let me tell you, 
He looks like a woman swimmer if you consider what year was it that the Chinese were doing all the steroids with the <laughs> with the women. Does everybody remember that? I don't. I, don't, I, don't I remember. I mean, they all walked stories. out and looked like a bunch of men out there. They yeah. all had mustaches. Oh my god! Body. Yeah. yeah, and they yeah. and they like blew up the competition, and uh, that's why you can't do steroids and stuff now in, in the Olympics. <laughs> but anyway, in the Olympics. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this guy looks like that. He's got really broad shoulders right. and the whole nine yards and i don't care if he's got testosterone or not just his physique tells me he has a big time advantage over a typical woman swimmer right so uh it came out the the women now are starting to talk on the team and starting to talk out loud and are saying hey this guy hasn't had any surgery uh he's not trying to transition uh you know physically so he's got all of his manly attributes. Uh-huh. See, Heidi, that's a nice way of saying it, isn't it? Attributes. I'm looking. I'm looking at that's a nice, manly attributes. That's much better, better than what I said yesterday, right? She's just shaking her head at me. She don't want to talk no. to me about it. No, she got mad at me yesterday, and, and rightly so. I said something that I, that I wouldn't. I didn't say it on the air. She said, "Don't say that on the air," and I did. So, uh, so you got that's what I. There. That's why I got a producer. But anyway, uh, bottom line, he still looks like a guy. He's dressing with the women, and then he told the women that he was still drawn to them sexually. That's just disgusting. Oh I didn't He's hear a lesbian. That part. What now? He's, he identifies yeah, as a he's, lesbian. He must be a, a lesbian. Obviously. That's all I can figure. But the bottom line is... Uh, Are just, most men? Well, yeah. <laughs> what, what's go- I don't know what's going on in sports. The NCAA comes out and says, well, we're not going to say what you should do. Uh, what we'll say is if you're part of one of the sports federations, you know, swimming, gymnastics, and all, mm-hmm. you guys come up and say who these people are and how they're supposed to compete and all of that. And we were talking before we went on, and I said, if this is going to become this kind of an issue, right? it seems like to me then we should have men's sports, women's sports, trans sports. Yes. That's right. They should have their own. Right. Only makes sense. right. Don't only make sense. Women had From to do physical it. Physical attributes. But physical I know. attributes and abilities. I know this yeah. is going to be a stupid question. It's a it's a rhetorical, Dave. You you got to be smart enough to know this. Uh, but you know, how would you feel if you're on, or your daughter or your granddaughter, in my case, is in the in the locker room getting ready to compete, and there's some dude standing next to her? I wouldn't be okay with it. That, you may be you know, Maybe yeah, that'd, right. be, that'd be terrible. Right. I mean, it's victimizing women, basically. I would right. think that that is it exactly is. what's going on at that point. So I'll let you guys talk about this now. I want to. St- I'm going to take the male perspective out of it because you know the male perspective as a dad or a granddad. I want to beat the living you know what right. out of it. Right. So I'm stepping back on this and. You know, is there something I'm missing here? I don't think uh, you have to take the male perspective out of it. The mama bear perspective is pretty much the same as the male perspective on this. This is uh, no one wants their daughter in a locker room with a man who we don't want them over sexualized. Period. And children are over sexualized as it is, let alone this. I mean, they're killing women's sports. Yeah, Uh they are. A lot of the I mean, that one girl that. Was it Connecticut that's been suing them now for about two years? She's in college now. 
And uh, she lost out on several scholarships mm-hmm, be- right. to trans athletes. That that's unfair. ridiculous. That's unfair. And that's never going to, she'll never get that back, even if they do something about, like, create their own trans league or something. That's her opportunity. Right. And it could have been her future. Yep. Right. So, yeah. I mean, let, let's look at it this way. The para, the para uh, Olympics, where you got guys that are out there running and right. they're missing a leg and whatever. Right. There is a large argument about that, that they can't compete with regular athletes because an artificial limb may give you an advantage over somebody who has just two regular limbs. Well, it could go right. either way, depending on what kind of prosthetic piece you have. Well, you, you know, know if, you're, if you're really a high-end competitor, you're going to put as much money as you can right. into the prosthetics to right. give you the biggest bang for your buck. That bounce right. when, they, uh, when they walk. Yeah. So anyway, that's, you know, it's... They have their own Olympics right. and stuff. Why can't this be done with transsexuals? Well, they need to do that. We're at the point, if we're going to accept this, as, uh, you know, if we have to I don't know this. if it's really being accepted or that the media just does not report heavily right. on right. the people that are being <laughs> really affected by this. And they don't, the want, they don't want their story what at all. A woman, too, a woman cannot physically compete against a man. I mean, that's the reason why we carry guns, right? right. So we yeah, have the great exactly. equalizer. Right. And I mean, it's just, well. The, but that's why they have men and women's sports right. is because men just genetically, and it's not just testosterone. No. It's, you know, how much muscle, muscle you're going right. to have, how big your skeleton is, the They're, whole nine yards. You just can't compete against a man. A no, woman cannot, it doesn't matter how strong you are, you just physically cannot compete against a man. No, I mean, and well, and especially athletes, someone right. who's training, I mean, there might be the random, the random. The outliner, as yeah, we like to say yeah, now. Yeah, the outliner here and there, but, you know, to, men are predisposed to be, the protectors and the the ones that have the upper body strength right. and you know that's that's their job basically that's what they were created for biologically that's how we evolved you're right this is right. my tim allen answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a south park answer too <laughs> oh my god um, yeah well you know the deal is they're taking sports which was about competition and, you know, which physical thing can you do better than the next guy? That was all there was to it. But now they've made it political. Has to be woke. Has to be yet another part of our society. That they equitable. cram all this stuff down mm-hmm. our throat. And, it has to be and equitable. And by doing that, they've totally ruined sports. And right. they've ruined women's sports for sure. And why do women have women, to take the fall? They're shut out now. Right. They're shut out now. That is so wrong. Um, this woke bit of business going all the way through our culture is tearing up everything uh-huh. and taking and, and away the opportunities for normal people to have a good life. Everything is about over-sexualizing our kids. Everything out yeah. there right now is about yeah. sex. Everything well, is. And how can you... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Check out you young not? kids' clothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, just look at... I mean, if you look at even some of the TikTok or this, that, and the other, the right. social media, you can't tell if a child's 13 or... 19 at some points, you know, and there is no, uh, it doesn't seem to be, there doesn't seem to be any force that's trying to sway it the other way. Right. You know, it seems to be promoted. Well, yeah, you have Gay Pride Week, which I'm not a homophobic by any means, but you have Gay Pride Week and you go into Target and they have like this whole section of Gay Pride. 
I don't want to explain that to my kid. I don't I don't right. want to explain that to my child. Michaels was like that too. Yeah, yeah I don't Michael's want to explain store. that to my kid. I mean, Michaels was? Michaels. Yeah. I don't want to explain anything sexually to my kid at, at the age that they are no. right now. It's, you know, just but why would I even discuss family. that? Right. That's yeah, weird. It's, yeah, Michaels, what? Michaels, I for was your crafts, getting my screen printing oh, stuff, yeah. and uh, they had a huge section in there, and yeah, it wasn't oh, yeah. It? rainbows and stars and hearts, and, unicorns. Yeah, you. I forgot the unicorns. You, oh, you yeah. did. Huh? Yeah. What's the store? What's the other store? That's the other hobby store. Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. So they hobby have to be. Lobby. They have to be the wokest. Right, yeah, I guess the Hobby Lobby. Right? I don't believe Hobby Lobby had it. I didn't get get in there yeah. at that point, but yeah, Michaels surprised me. It's the woke. Um, they have several everywhere people, you look. Right, several people that were dressed up in their drag uh, type uh, attire and makeup while they were working there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and yeah, talk about and that's a place where you could take kids. I mean, you know, you take kids in there for crafts and stuff. Of course. All right. Woke craft store. <laughs> Eighteen after six. We're off and running. We've got the uh, women's power panel here. Today. Elizabeth is on the phone. I got Heather and I have Simone. Here in the studio, they're happy to be here uh, before the storm of the century right. attacks us. Uh, go out, get your milk, get your bread today. Bread. You know, we got to have milk, milk sandwiches, milk sandwiches. Right. All right, so don't don't forget about that. So the Dave Ellswick Show, we got more coming your way. We got a lot more to talk about. We got to talk about uh, Governor Hutchinson, who says oh, yeah. uh, Trump doesn't shouldn't be uh, the person directing the party and shouldn't run for president again and he's not sure whether he wants to run or not asa did so anyway we got a lot to talk about that 19 minutes after six east end towing don't forget about them they'll do a good job for you if by stand by chance you get stuck during the storm of the century uh be sure to call east end towing they understand the problems you might be in and they can answer those uh, those questions and handle the tow that they need to do no matter the situation, all you do is call them. Put this in, put it in your phone now, so you have it with you. Five zero one eight 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 eighty eight forty nine. That's five zero one eight 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 eighty eight forty nine. That's East End Towing. All right, so let's move on here with the power panel, the female power panel. I'm treading estrogen this morning <laughs> here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You can show. handle it. Can handle <laughs> I know it. I can handle it. I just get in touch with my female side before there I come on. Uh, so yeah. bottom line, we've got, uh, of course, Heather's here, and I've got Simone here. They're both in the studio. And hopefully next week, I got my fingers, my toes, and my eyes crossed uh, that Elizabeth will be able to get here because they'll be able to have finished your car. Are they Are they moving forward on this? There hasn't been any action in about a week. Oh, no. I don't know what's going on. It just seems like it's it's worse than Christmas. It's taking forever. Oh, is it the problem being that they're having problems getting the parts still? No, it was that by the time, you know, the guy's got apparently all kinds of cars that are backed up with the work because he can't get right. the parts. And so he can't get some cars out of the shop in order to get other cars in the shop. Right. Anyway, mine finally got moved into the shop, which is one step forward, and I don't know what where we're at. <laughs> okay, well maybe they'll be able. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I told everybody the story about how I rolled back in my daughter's car because of this stupid transmission 
the Ford Focus has in it, and they're not making that transmission anymore because it literally oh. becomes like a manual when you stop and goes into neutral. Really? Yeah, and your car will immediately roll back if you take oh your foot God. off wow. of the, the brake. I didn't know that, and I back rolled back a little bit and and hit a pickup truck. <laughs> oh, no. Didn't bother the pickup truck at all. I mean, I didn't hit this guy hardly at all, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it cracked right. the rear bumper all the way across. Yep. Wow. And so I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get it fixed. Well, we finally had to go to Ford to get the bumper. Uh, the, the, uh, that's money. The core that you need. Yeah. It's yeah. $560. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I ordered it and, uh, it hasn't arrived yet. So I, I'm calling the person who's doing the body work every day saying, did it arrive? Did it arrive? Did it arrive? I know I'm, he's getting tired of hearing from me. But uh, we we want to get that bumper fixed, so yeah, I'm right. going to call him today and ask him. <laughs> mm. And and then on top of that, you got this cold weather coming in and the ice supposedly coming in, and that's going to screw things up again. I'm really thinking that it's going to be next week uh, before he even gets to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that. I did get some good news yesterday, though, Elizabeth. You know uh, that. Uh, I had problems with my roof. I talked about this uh, Monday, uh, yesterday, and uh, PI Roofing came out with my insurance appraiser. They walked up on the roof and everything, and they got down. The appraiser came up to me and said, Mr. Ellswick, uh, we'll take care of this, and uh, we're going to put a new roof on your house. Thank you very much. So that's good. I got to pay the the deductible, which I'm all right with that. I told them that's why I signed up for the insurance. (laughs) Yeah. So, but uh, the rest of the roof goes in. Getting the whole roof done is about thirteen thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a challenge. And right. they're basically going to take care of it, except for the thousand dollar deductible. And uh, I walked into the house, and Linda was was sitting there. She goes, "Well, what's the damage?" And I said, "It's good." <laughs> <laughs> so that's we, why we have that insurance. That's exactly right. why I have it. So Chris Tritt, who had came out uh, for C uh, for PI Roofing, did a good job and. It was an excellent, excellent occasion. That's awesome. When you can hear, say a story like that about a home repair. Yeah, and yeah. I like doing that because, of course, PI Roofing has been uh, an advertiser on my show for right. 21 years, as long as I've been on the air. And uh, Joel Johnson, they do it right. They really do. They, and they went out. And then they did ours. They said, here it is. Later. Yeah, they did your house. I forget they how many. Great I got like seven houses down as you count down from my house that pi roofing is done in my subdivision but anyway yeah they're good people and they've done great work all right 627 all right so what do you think uh i'm gonna go to heather first because she's running she's gonna run for for office so you got to find out what she's what she thinks about this the uh, governor uh the head of the governor's association which by just a strange occurrence if you didn't know is the governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, uh, made the statement over the weekend on one of the talking head shows, I do believe, that he did not believe that Trump should be the uh, the leader of the Republican Party. Also, I think I'm pretty sure that he said he didn't think he should run again for president. And then when asked if he was going to run for president, you know, played Chuck and Jive. You know, he started tap dancing and wouldn't give a direct answer mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so let, let, let me elizabeth i'll come back to you i know what you're going to say anyway uh let's <laughs> let me start off with heather heather go ahead i agree but i don't agree okay in some sense 
I don't think Trump should run for president again. Okay. I know that's probably not a very popular opinion, but I think Trump is stronger, probably running the Republican Party. Behind the scenes. Yeah, behind okay. the scenes. Now, as far as I said, now this is probably going to get me a, a primary opponent, but um, <laughs> I think that man lives in a glass bubble. I think he is so out of touch as to what's going on in Arkansas. I really, truly do. I'm out and I'm all over the state and I'm talking to people. And it, what he comes about and what he says is just so irrelevant and out of touch. I think he's just out of touch with what's going on in Arkansas. So, you know, I think most people in Arkansas would like to see Trump run or would like to see Trump in power over the Republican Party. But, I mean, that's just my opinion on what I what I think. What do you think? What do you think, Simone? Yeah. I have I've kind of got the same feeling yeah. you do about it. I, you know, I'm a Trumper and uh I would love to see him in office. The only problem is I think if he ran, it would energize every leftist you could think of to come out and it would cause more problems if we could. Uh, so I, I would love to see Trump as our president right now, you know, um, but I, I think him running with the and, and making sure holding people accountable to America first policies mm-hmm. and putting people in there that he supports, that we can support, that he's vetted. Um, would be would be almost the best bet, and I hate to say it because I want Trump to run, but I don't want Trump to run. Okay, yeah. I, and I understand. All right, we'll come back. We'll find out what Elizabeth has to say. But I got the news that I got to go to, and if I don't, people get upset with me. So we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and talk more. Hey, don't forget about what David Lucas is uh, doing over at David Lucas Financial. He understands that we've got inflation and we've got the whole thing about out-of-control government spending, which is, you know, spurring on the inflation. you got political unrest going on in the country. You've got uh, a decline of the U.S. dollar, and that's why you and probably a lot of your friends that have a little bit of a nest egg are looking at gold and silver, and maybe you'd never even looked at it before because you didn't think you needed anything in your portfolio, uh, portfolio about it. But if you're going to, know that it's a different kind of animal. It's not like when you're talking stocks and bonds. So uh, if you want to know how to invest in gold and silver, then the best thing to do is to get a hold of David Lucas Financial, and you can learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets, your IRA, your 401k, and your hard-earned uh, savings just by calling 501-222-3315. Uh, David Lucas Financial works with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country, so you can get direct prices from uh, dealers that you can trust. Again, the number is 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. And, uh, you know, if you're wondering, did I happen to win the Powerball last night? I'm on the air talking to you this morning, right? Right. Yeah, that probably that probably lets you in on it, to be yeah. honest. All right. So, Elizabeth, I wanted to pick up with you your thoughts on Asa. Well, I'm right with them. I agree. I would love to see him be president again, and I've been concerned from the beginning when the uh, 2020 election happened the way it did. What's going to happen even if we were able to put Mr. Trump back in office next time? What happens after that? 
Is he the only one that can, you know, is he the be-all and end-all? What happens after that? We need a deep bench, and yeah. he's a kingmaker. Right. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that isn't the better way to go. Yeah. And I right. think he might even have, as I think, Simone, you were saying, he may have more power that way. We all know what's going to happen the minute he decides to run. They're they're going to come out in 100 times more than they've come out after him right. before. Right. But and that's are going to pop distraction in such a waste. Right. Um. Well, yeah, he will, he will suck all the oxygen out of the room. There's no doubt about right. that. Yeah. And I don't want him to bash the other candidates that are good. You know, Trump can be <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little hard sometimes. You know, and there's other candidates that are out there, like Tom Cotton, who, who I admire, and uh, he can DeSantis. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of other people that are out there that I think would make a good president. So. That's what I'm saying about the deep bench. We need yeah. to look at, and, and frankly, the younger, <coughs> the younger <laughs> groups. Right. Yeah. We don't need another 80-year-old president. Not, I mean, right. Mr. Trump has more energy at his age than anyone I know, and he will continue to do so, I believe, because he is in very good health, right. and he takes very good self, help, you know, care of his mental um, attitude. However, however, right. we need a deep bench. We right. need a deep bench. Let's get to work on it. Yeah, yeah and, let, and let me just throw this aside in here that if 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 you're really thinking that I would make a great president, uh, you need to you know vote for me this time because I'm when the election comes up, I'll be 71, and that's about the max that you should be to run for president. I think you should. I think yeah. I think you should. I think you should yeah. run for president. You'd probably get more votes than Asa. No. <laughs> well, that's, that's not true. saying much. I'm sorry. It's not saying much. Right. I hope he, he does. Is, he is so out of touch. Oh, by, by the way, before we go any further, let me tell everybody, uh, I've gotten some sponsors. We are very thankful to the people who are going to get behind the uh, uh, 101.1 FM, the answer town hall meetings that will be coming up uh, in March and in April. And you'll be able to see all the candidates for secretary of state on the same stage uh, for uh, Arkansas attorney general on the same stage and as well, Lieutenant governor. Uh, Now we're going to have a town hall for um, Sarah, but it's going to be a little bit different just because she doesn't really have anybody that's, challenging her uh in the uh primary she's contemplating uh you know doing the town hall but she'll have questions and things of that nature we're going to hold all of this over at agape church for each one uh you know we're going to charge ten dollars for some people for people to come in i don't think that's a big deal i think ten dollars is is relatively cheap because we're going to have to put together all of the sound equipment and all the other things that go together to make this possible. Events don't come free. Yeah, yeah, and keep listening because I'm going to give you the opportunity that when you're at home, you can video record your question for the town hall, send it to us, we can load it up then. I'm not even going to ask the questions. I don't want anybody to think that Dave Ellswick is making any kind of move to get behind any particular candidate because a lot of you know that... I've been around a long time. I've got personal friends that are right. running for re-election and stuff. I'm not going to get involved in it. Alan Kerr is going to be our uh, our moderator through okay. all of the town halls. He'll be a great moderator. So uh, I'll bring it up. I'll tell you when it's going to be. Uh, we're going to start, I believe, on March the 10th, and then it'll be every other week there'll be a different town oh, that's hall. That's going to be neat. That we're going to have. Well, I, here, I've always said, 
that it, it came down to you got to know the candidates. Right. Well, for the Republicans, there weren't that many people. When I first got here, they not that many of them were running. So you mm-hmm. got behind the ones that were there. Now we have such a deep bench that now you've got really good Republicans running in every office. Right. Now you got to pick the cream of the crop. I know. And, and see, this is uh, what we talked about last week. When there's more than one Republican running in a primary, gosh, even if the person in the office has already served, they've got a challenger a lot of times. Yeah. Right. Now. I yep. know. And, 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 we, and, yep. and, every, and there's nothing one. wrong with competition. No. No. I don't know. I can't remember for AG. I you know Tim's running. I forget. There's a there's Leon, a, uh, uh, a black uh, Leon candidate Jones. running. Leon Jones is running yeah. against him. Is right. there anybody else running? Not that I know of. Okay, so it's just Not those that two. Know. So that'd yeah. be a really good one, right? Uh, uh, Leon Lieutenant Jones. Governor, you got what six. five or six? Don't you <laughs> right. that are running for that? Say, do you have a big enough stage for that one? Yeah, yeah well, right. I just have to have <laughs> I just have to go back in the closet and blow the dirt off of the uh-huh. the mic. Some of the microphones we got, so we'll have enough mics. And then the Secretary of State starting to heat up. Right. You know, I we mean, have two right now. Daddy Joe Williams is running. Oh, gosh, yes. And so, and of course, Thurston is rerunning for uh, for the Second. position. Right. That 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 little, may little be a horse race. In that race. So this is yeah, at the Agape Church, Church here in Little Rock. The Agape Church yep. here in Little Rock. That's where it's going to be. Okay. The Family Life Center for most of them that holds about 350 people. We figure that uh, the, if we need more, we can move to the sanctuary. Can holds pretty close to 3,000. So, nice. um, you know, I, yeah. I would love to see 3,000 at oh, yeah. each one of right. them. Yeah. That would be fantastic okay. as far as, as I'm concerned. So like this idea. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. And then we'll do it again for the general Okay. Uh, as well. But the, what's held us back is, number one, this is going to be really the first year we've had this type of, of run. Uh, and, and secondly, uh, this is the first time that I've got several businesses uh, that sponsor are right. sponsoring right. on this and and that's great so i'm we'll tell you who all those businesses are here in the near future you'll be here you'll start next week you're going to start hearing the commercials for it okay just know mm-hmm. it's coming okay but i'm that's really great. excited because this is the stuff that i've been working towards for 21 years i like it yeah, yeah like so i'm excited change about it change it over change yeah, it over let's get it let's and get to let's get to some real instead of voting for your best buddy Right. Let's vote for the best candidate. Yeah, get yeah. to know who Let's they look are. At issues, not people. Yeah. I mean, you know, absolutely. Not I like the guy a lot, and I like the color of the tie, and he's really friendly. <laughs> he's a nice person. And he's got an R in front you know. of his name. And he had a. He's got a great haircut. Right. I yeah. mean, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Great that, smile. That don't look just like great clips. That looks like maybe something else. Yeah, he kissed. I get great clips. I mean, what can I tell you? <laughs> I don't. It's not hard to cut my hair. They just get out the buzzer and mm-hmm. <laughs> run yeah. it over my yeah. head. That's all they do for me. But yeah, it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to it, and uh, we'll bring you up to date on all of event. it. Yeah. So you're gonna have your Heidi. Heidi's all excited because it means lots of overtime for her. Yeah. So this is gonna <laughs> oh, be. Yeah, your, I'm sure. Are these gonna be your congressmen and your U.S. senators as well? I'm not going to be doing that this time. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I think if people enough people would say, yeah, we want to have that happen, then maybe we can we can mm-hmm. look at I'd it. I'd love yeah. to see the second district you know? congressperson. Yes, make, I would too. Challengers. Make yeah. it, maybe we can make that happen. I think you would draw a big crowd. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that. there would be a big, oh, I think you would. <laughs> a big audience all yeah. the way around right. for that. So anyway, just keep your ears open. Be listening to the station. You should be locked in here at 101.1. 
I mean, if you want to know what's going on in the, in the election and the issues, there's no other station here in Little Rock mm-hmm. that talks about them like we do. So that's, right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not just blowing my horn on that. I've been doing that no for joke, 21 as years. Would say. No joke, no joke, man. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No joke on it. Okay, at 645, I've talked about PI Roofing already. It's time for me to talk about them again because they're an advertiser of the show, but they do their job. They do what they're supposed to do. They do it right. Joel Johnson's team was out at my house. Uh, I've always told you that if you're looking to have the new roof put on, what they do is they meet with your insurance company and uh, show them all the different areas, the problems that there are on your roof, and uh, go over it. You know, I'm I'm getting the whole new roof, the whole nine yards, the you know the, the the little things that spin around on top of your roof and all that. All that's getting replaced. So, uh, I'm I'm excited. All I got to do is pay the deductible, which I agreed to when I took the insurance. And uh, the price of the insurance was X, Y, and Z with a thousand dollars deductible, and that's what I did. And uh, Chris Twitt came out and uh, you know surveyed it last week, week before last, and then I called Alan Kerr, who's my insurance salesman, uh, and uh, he uh, got in touch with uh, uh, Safeco, who I found out is owned by uh, Liberty Mutual. And no, I'm really upset about one thing. They didn't show up with a lemu. All right. The lemu was not <laughs> there. He didn't have his sunglasses on, and he was not at my house. I was I was upset. So I wanted the lemu. <laughs> emu the lemu. I wanted I want, or lemu the emu, emu or whatever emu. that goes. Uh, you know, he was, he wasn't there. But the bottom line is that uh, we agreed on the price. PI Roofing agreed on the price. Now they got to do the official paperwork. And I don't know when they're going to start. Lord knows, you know, if they got the... You know, all the materials they need with the way that, uh, you know, materials go. But uh, they'll be starting on it soon, and I'm looking forward to it. That's PI Roofing, 707-3551, or you can visit them online as well at piroofing.com. All right, so out in California, did you, are you, either one of you hoping, or Elizabeth, are you hoping to go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> not this year okay i just Saving was wondering because if you do you got to go in an n95 mask oh, uh, everybody's got to be masked at the super bowl so uh and uh you have to prove that you've been vaccinated and you have to show that i think you've had a test within 72 hours wow and oh, come on. oh yeah it's yeah. it all of this is it is necessary to go to the Super Bowl. How are they going to do this to 70, what, 73,000 wow. people? That's going to be very interesting. I don't think they're going to be able to do it. But the bottom line is uh, Newsom was at the NFC championship game and uh, showed him, you know, he had pictures on uh, Instagram and stuff of him and Magic. Yeah. Neither of them wearing masks. And when they wow. asked, when they asked him about it, he says, well, you know, when they asked for me to take a picture, I I lower it so they could take the picture with me, me having, and when I'm taking a, when I was taking a sip of water. Well, the guy for the life of me, this guy's supposed to be really smart, mm-hmm. but he is he is as dumb as a pile of bricks. Yeah, yeah. He went he went he told the media that that's all you know. He took it down just for the picture and blah. 
cameras no, were we on we that whole area. On. They were yeah. on that the whole time where all these people were there to see the game. Yeah. And he never had his mask on. No, they had pictures. Wasn't it Tom Hanks he had a picture with or someone like that he was sitting next to? Well, I think that Tom Cruise was there, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I know Mayor Garcetti you know, was yeah, there. Yeah, he was that. there, too, and he yeah. didn't have his mask on. There were a lot. I mean, it's L.A. Of course you're going to have all the stars there mm-hmm. to see it. And I just thought it was really interesting that he tried to lie his way through it, and he just got caught up in all of his other lies. Well, they lie in our they face think now. we don't have video and pictures. Yeah. That's oh, what blows my mind. Okay. Well, even we'll if just... they do, they gaslight them. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're not really yep. seeing what you think you're seeing. Right. Right. Sounds sounds familiar. Sounds familiar what's going on in the state with our governor. He likes to do that, too. <laughs> Thank you. He, yeah. he wants Thank everybody you. else masks, but then he shows up to Bentonville at a basketball game not wearing a mask. With no mask. Yep. Wow. But he I wants... you how they, they know that they do not work. And they're using this for a different reason. It right. has nothing to do with medical. And the, and he wants Bentonville School District to challenge the parents in a lawsuit. So they will be going to the Supreme Court in two months because Asa wants them, the school board, the, the school district, to challenge the parents <laughs> over the, the temporary restraining order that they won. Yeah, what a lovely governor we have. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, not for much longer. Until he's gone. <laughs> we got a year. We got That's another it. one coming up. Yeah. We got another over. one coming up. Right. There's all that pictures. We know nothing all, about. Right. There's pictures yeah. all over Facebook, too, of him. Uh, and I won't name the other elected officials, but they're at this Chico Elementary a few months ago. Every kid in front of them is sitting there with a mask on, but not one of the adults behind them have yep. a mask on. Yeah. So mask the kids for, have to have it on. Mask not, for thee and not for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, Conway Schools instituted them again until February 4th. School board is meeting tonight at 6 p.m. in Conway. To see if they go any hey, further. Hey, yeah. at least you can have a school board meeting. In Little Rock School District, we um, showed up for their school board meeting last week, and they wouldn't even let us in the building, even with a mask on. They what? didn't leave you in the building? Mm-hmm. They will not wow. let us in the building. Why? Because Why it's not? Little Rock School District, and rules don't apply to them. And also, they um, whoa, made a whoa, motion. Whoa, whoa, How did they keep you right. out? Um, by security, they wouldn't let us in. And <laughs> but they didn't lock the doors. The and you're door. there to attend a public meeting, and they, they would not the- let us in, Elizabeth. What was the and reason they gave? Did they? Because of COVID, right? What? Because of COVID. Because of COVID. And then another thing is that they made a what? motion to not have a school board election. They're putting up two people for school board what? election. Right. Two people well, that's, on the board. Yes, that's what they're talking about tonight in Conway as well. The it's law currently says that most of our schools. There's a one or two exemptions. Most of our school boards must reelect the entire school board right. after redistricting. But your school and these board schools are ahead. choosing not to do that. Right. Well, your school board association. Is, we're just going to do our thing. The school board association said that they don't want a mass turnover. They they don't feel like everyone should be up for reelection. Aww. Oh well, that's well, great. Who's, a, yeah, who's that's the head law. of that organization? I'll, I'll have to look. I'll have to look and see. But you know, can you send imagine, me their name and their phone number? Can you imagine a legislator? Can you imagine yeah. a legislator or um, a governor or a president saying, "Well, you know what? I just don't feel like we should have an election this year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to exactly. revote myself exactly. in." They have been in power this so long. These school boards have been in power so long and these superintendents have been in power so long and now the yeah. people that are challenging them they're like no no you're not going to come over here and take over you're they not going to do people this are paying attention now. right i want to know what they're gaining from being in office is what i want to know what are they gaining from power. being in power? power not just power i think control. there's something else behind it i think there's something else well, it's that's everything that it. comes with power yeah. you know 
connections. Well, in money. our in our school district, they're getting one point one million a year from the federal government right. under this ESSER program right. to put our kids in masks. Right, it's bribery. I it's know. bribery. It is. And, yeah, and you know, what, I'm looking at we had a million is, extra dollars, and we got what kind of education out of it in the last year? How much money are we going to throw into this industry? How much money is flowing through the system into other yes. people's checking it's accounts? It's money laundering, yep. basically. Well, that's a good question. I think I don't that, think where where in the world did they spend this 1.1 million? It sure wasn't toward educating our kids. Well, I know you know I know some I know people who have websites that that would be a really good story. Mm-hmm. I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't name the school district that this, is, that this happened, but uh, apparently a, a bunch of the school board members have construction companies, oh. and they hired this other oh. contracting company to come in and use the subcontractors that are the school board members, that's their business, right. to pretty much revamp this school. Oh, I, can, what, ima- I can imagine yeah. that. There's a lot of dirty stuff going on, yeah. and I won't name the school, but, you know, it's... Let me, I, let me tell you some other dirty that. stuff that's going on. We all know about Hunter Biden. Right. And we know that they're, start, <laughs> yep. they're starting to slowly close the loop on right. him. They really are. Now, yeah. now you've got Pelosi Jr. Right. Is finding himself in the hot water. Did you hear this? This guy's had already five fraud lawsuits (laughs) brought against him. Hotel, yeah, Yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I've. I want to see. I know there was some heat about it just a few weeks ago. The heat has got to continue, and that is, there's got to be some way of stopping congressmen and senators from being able to buy stocks yes. Yes. Uh, while they're serving in in, uh, in Congress because they make money hand over fist because of insider trading. Well, uh-huh. people are making money and on when they rank, following her. Yes. When they ranked our Congress people on who's made the most money in the last calendar year, which was 2021, the top five or six people on the list were Republicans. The number three person on the list was Congressman French Hill. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. I'm I'm going to bring that up to Congressman Hill because that's not exactly completely true. I'm just going to let you know that's there there's that has been presented in a certain way that is not completely true. Okay. 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 I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> okay. We're I'm all bring it up. Everybody's saying, "Okay, you're going to yeah, get it." I'll waiting. have listen in at 7:05 Wednesday. I'll have it for you. All right, because okay. I already have talked to the congressman about it. All right, and then I wanted to ask the question about it. He said, fine, go so, do so. All right, Heather, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Oh, great having being here. Simone, it's always a pleasure. You've gotten yourself well now. We're glad to have you back. Yes. And it's, I'm glad to have you back, Elizabeth. <laughs> Two weeks post-COVID. Yeah, we'll well, we we time. want. I want you here in the studio. Get that car fixed. I'm trying my best. All <laughs> right, Bye. we'll talk to you later. All right, the Bible guys are up next. Sounds like yes. 
Who, who is this, Heidi? This is uh, Twyla Paris, God is in Control. Oh, okay. Very cool. I thought it might have been the O'Martins. They kind of did this kind of sound at times. So, interesting. All right. It is the Bible, guys. They have made their way into the studio. Billy is here. Good Scott morning. is here. Hello, hello. And Steve is here as well. So, all three are here and that's a good thing because i've had a question for a couple of weeks and i wanted to hold it until everybody was here uh to answer it because i think it's an important question so i'm going to give them as much time as they need to hash this out so there's some things that you know 30 seconds is not enough Mm -hmm. you need a little bit more time in fact in fact when the first time this came up scott looked at me and said we'll need a whole show for that and i said okay says, uh, Dave, you weren't able to get to my question from last week. I was wondering if you could get it uh, tomorrow, so I'm resending it below. I'd like to ask Steve and Billy to explain what they think Paul is meaning in Galatians chapter 4, in parentheses, the whole thing. It looks to me like this chapter is in opposition to much of what Steve and Billy say because the chapter says that physical Jerusalem is likened unto Hagar, and says it's a place of bondage because of Sinai. Uh, the verse it tells us to in the verse it tells us to cast out the bondwoman uh, and is Jerusalem and declares us not to be children of bondage in Jerusalem. I'm assuming that that's what they meant. Uh, and then Scott, there's a final question at the end which I'll bring up after we take it on this very beginning of this so let's start off steve since it was directed towards you and billy we're going to let you guys kind of hash through this scott will jump in uh to to put in his uh, his uh, considerations as well galatians chapter four how long is the chapter is it very long it's uh five all oh, the chapter is yeah. uh, 31 verses yeah okay do we need to read all 31 verses? <laughs> no, no. Okay, we don't. No, so but we do got to lay a foundation. Okay, yes. then let's start it off, and I'll turn it over to you. So here is the, the answer that you've been seeking on this question. <laughs> yeah, it's been asked like almost four weeks. So It's, it's going to take a little bit. Okay. We really probably you, you, should spend the show on that. two or three weeks uh, yeah. of teaching on it. Right. So <clears throat> context, 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 background. Yep. It's this thing that we talk about all the time. What was the context? Uh, what are the words, uh, what are the metaphors, all of that stuff has got to be taken into play when we're looking at the Scripture. We have been preconditioned in the church for roughly 1,900 years that any time we hear the word law, that that's a bad thing, or that's our first thing is law old. It's a synonym, law yep. old. Yep. So now anything that we read, we automatically assume old done away. And, and we think that what's going on here is that Paul is trying to say, don't do anything with regards to the law. And that's not what he's saying, because then that would put him in opposition with Jesus, who would put him in opposition with his father. Right? And Pastor Scott does a very good job making the point that in, the, in church, we teach that God taught something, Jesus taught something contrary to his father, and then Paul come along and taught something contrary to Jesus. They all have to be in unity or there are false prophets, right? Plain and simple. Jesus can't be Messiah. Paul could not be an apostle. It's just that simple. So we have to go back and go, what's he doing? Well, let's go back to Galatians 1. He says, hey, I was zealous for the traditions of my father. So he's laying the foundation here that says, 
<clears throat> I was zealous for the traditions of my fathers, just like you all, right? And so he's starting to tell them from the beginning that what the focus is here. And this is the part that what people miss about Galatians. The whole context of Galatians is actually very similar to the first two chapters. I'm sorry, first two verses of Acts 15. Acts 15, it says that there were some of the tradition of the Pharisees that stood up and said, we must command that they be circumcised and keep all of the law of Moses. Talking right. about right. the Gentiles. Correct. All the Gentiles. This must is be all circum- necessary for salvation. Correct. Yeah. And that's Added what the whole thing. Faith. Yeah. Correct. And so they're lay- laying this whole foundation of, hey, these guys got to get saved just like we did. Right. They either. And some argue that these weren't even regular Jews, that these were the converts. These are the ones who went through the whole ritual conversion, right? And But that's up for debate. So the the um, the church in Acts 15, the council ruled and said, the, the Gentiles do not have to keep the law like we do. Here's the four necessary things, right? Now, here's what we say that meant. That's the starting point. That's right. for fellowship. Right. That's introduction into the faith. <clears throat> you can't be a pagan. You can't be sexually immoral. You can't be drinking blood. You can't be eating meat offered to idols. Very basic. You can't be strangling things. Right. Okay. Right. So they lay this foundation and go, hey, guys, this is what it needs to be into the faith, right? <clears throat> so then now you have in Galatians people who are very similar to the group in the beginning of Acts 15. And then he's, he's saying, hey, guys, this, this is not necessary for salvation. You don't have to go through conversion. You don't have to keep all of the law in order to be justified, that's the phrase that people are missing in Galatians where he says, you who seek to be justified yes. by the works of the law. And that's that's and if anybody has ever uh, thought that we have ever said anything like that, I, I promise you, you've misunderstood. Um, we never claim that justification or keeping the Sabbath and observing the feast and eating kosher is required for salvation. No, that goes to completely against what Christ taught. Correct. Correct. And so what he's doing is he builds all the way up through this and starts and he's dealing with circumcision, which means conversion. He's dealing with justification by law. And now he's saying it's by faith. And when he's talking about Jerusalem, I think, and these guys can correct if they think I'm wrong, that he's talking about the temple, that when he says you who are seeking to be justified by Jerusalem, meaning the things that are happening in the temple area, those those sacrifices, that means of justification that we should be focusing on the spiritual right and that that's the point that i think he's trying to make here in galatians 4 and he's basically just saying stop trying to be justified by what you're doing realize that justification only comes by faith in the messiah and i I, whenever i get to galatians i always have to go back and point in um, acts and i want to read something to you this is in acts 18 um Let's see. So Paul, I'm going to start in verse 18, 18, 18. So Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brother and he sailed for Syria and Priscilla and Aquila were with him. And he had his hair cut off at Centria for he had taken a vow. That's a Nazarite vow. That's in number six. Guess where that's at? Under the law. So why would Paul write to the people in Galatia to not mess with anything, the law, when he just observed something that is under the law? We'll come back to that. And then it says he came to Ephesus and left them there, but he himself entered the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. So now he's in Ephesus, the book of Ephesians. He had taken a vow under the law. 
And then 20, it says, when they had asked him to stay a longer time with them, he did not consent, but took leave of them, saying, I must by all means keep this feast in Jerusalem, but I will return to you, and God willing, and he sailed from Ephesus. So he left a revival meeting in Ephesus to go to Jerusalem to keep the Feast of Pentecost. After he had just taken a vow, which is under the law. 22. And then he had landed at Caesarea and gone up and greeted the church and then went down to Antioch. And after he had spent some time there, he departed and went over to the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order to strengthen all the disciples. So we cannot think for a minute that Paul took a vow that is a Nazarite vow, left a revival meeting in Ephesus uh, to go keep the Feast of Pentecost and then sailed to Galatia only to write them a letter to say, hey, that vow I took. Uh, and that feast that I wanted to keep, you don't mess with any of that stuff because it's bondage and you're freed from that. That's not what was happening. So he, it just doesn't make sense. So you got to put that whole thing in that context. And the whole thing he's doing here is, guys, you are not going to be saved by doing these things. And that's that. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Belly. <clears throat> and and one of the things that is um, difficult here. So. Paul, being a Pharisee among the Pharisees, often does not distinguish when he changes from talking about the written law and the oral traditions. He A lot of times he just doesn't do it. Now he does mention in, in um, Galatians 1 the, the traditions of the Father there, but then he doesn't, he doesn't talk about it again. And he will slide in and out. He'll slide between the two uh, without much in the way of explanation. Because he expected his writers to know the difference, right? Mm-hmm. They, they were living it. So we are 2,000 years removed from that, and therefore our brains don't put that together, nor did we live under that, that legal system, and therefore we, we don't pick up on the, the subtleties and the differences there. But uh, he did, and those he was writing to did, and therefore he felt no desire or need to distinguish one from the other. Um, and this is a... We have talked often on here um, that this is the thing when when it appears Yeshua is when Jesus is uh, refuting or rebutting something in the law. It's not the written law. It's not God's law that he is is refuting there. It's the traditions of the fathers. It's it's the laws that the Jews themselves built, what are known as fence laws, in an effort to make sure you you never broke a law. They built more stringent laws to keep you away from the possibility of breaking the law. But as as legal systems are wont to do, they became stricter and stricter and stricter and placed a greater burden on the people, and uh, Yeshua was like, absolutely not. What I gave you, and, and understand we're talking about we're talking about Jesus, we're talking about the author of all these things, including mm-hmm. the law, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he is, he is God in the flesh, therefore, as God, he would have been the one who handed the law to these people back at Mount Sinai and, and to Moses as this all passes out. Uh, comes to pass so he's certainly not going to come and contradict himself it just doesn't it's not going to happen right uh and and secondarily um even peter and i always remind people two two things here number one you you pulled a single chapter out and i know how tempted we are to do that yeah Uh, as greek thinkers we are so tempted to pull a single chapter out and go look at this chapter understand that chapters divisions are only a couple of hundred years old right four or five hundred yeah, yeah, four or five hundred years old. So, chapter the moment you start trying to divide things by chapter and verse, you you violate the spirit of what was going on here. Yeah. Uh, and secondarily, 
even Peter, I always remind people, even Peter took a look at Paul's writings and went, you know what? <laughs> right. Sometimes Paul's hard to understand. This is Peter That's right. saying sometimes Paul is hard to understand because you have to understand the context of what he's talking about to ever be able to build a foundation to understand what he's talking about. And sometimes from our Western point of view, our Greek-mindedness, that's hard to do. All right. Scott, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, but I'll wait till we come back. Okay. we got to get a break in. Let's do that. This is an important discussion you're going to hear today. because, And as we move in, now you're going to start hearing how they've tried to disassociate Christianity from the Jews. All right. I'm just letting you know. That's something that the church has done, and it's wrong. And we'll talk about it more here in just a moment. But I need to talk to you. Everybody's paying attention now that crime is going up in this area. Uh, Serious crime is going up in this area. Just three blocks away from where we're doing the radio show, a guy was killed this weekend. And two were wounded right over by Kane's Chicken. And uh, it was all, uh, you know, what, roped off, better word, I guess taped off uh, over the weekend. So just know that it comes close everywhere. So you might be thinking about, do I need a security system for your, for my home and for my business? Well, that's for you to talk with, but the person who owns a security system that can install one for you about, you know, what it does to protect you. And you need to talk to uh, Billy Mack, the owner of uh, ICU Protection, LLC, and he can help you out. Uh, he can put a system in your uh, business that includes cameras, that includes, uh, you know, pieces of, uh, of uh, hardware on your windows, on your doors, and everything. They've got what's called a, uh, a digital uh, trip line uh, that you can use uh, that can detect people or an animal or even a car and distinguish between the three uh, of what's close to your house or close to your business. They do alarms, they do security, they do monitoring, they do cameras, and not those fuzzy cameras that you see on TV. I'm talking about 1080p cameras where you can really uh, pay attention and you can tell people when you when you who they are when you see them on the cameras. You pay for the service. You don't pay for the hardware. They'll not charge you for one camera or one uh, piece that they got to put on a window or anything. All that, they absorb that cost. You pay for the service. Service starts at around $40 a month. Here's what you need to do. Call them and talk to them about this. Get a really good deal and a really good security system. Call 501-205-1333. That's 501-205-1333. And talk to Billy Mack or one of his people at ICU. That's the letters protection llc or icu protection llc.com all right we're talking about a question that was asked about galatians and we're we've laid some foundation about contextualization and understanding what's really being said in the scripture uh, because sometimes people don't look they look at a p at a chapter for instance and they take it as just that chapter and that's not the way you interpret scripture you got to look at the scripture you're looking at and then you know in the middle of your bible and the page and it's got all those other references that you you got to read those too Mm. 
because that's what it's referring back to typically. A lot of it is usually Old Testament scripture and because it's all tied together. So with that in, let's go back now to Scott and let him pick up because we're going to go to Jerusalem in just a moment. Yeah, so um, just con- just confirming what the guys are saying, you – this is one. This is one of my pet peeves as a pastor because what will happen is you'll say something, and then somebody will say to you, "Well, yeah, what about this verse?" Right. And as as if the Bible uh, is in direct contradiction to itself, or you have these dueling scriptures. I'll say Jesus said this. They'll say, "Oh yeah, well Paul said this." As if Paul's words are going to negate uh, right. Jesus' words. The best way to say that is then how does what Paul say fit into all of this? Yes. Right. And I, and I just, I just tell him, I said, if you think that Paul is contradicting Jesus, you've misunderstood Paul. Well, and beyond yeah. that, <laughs> if he does, and you think Paul has more authority well, than the God of the universe, then you have then a, we have, it, have another conversation. Yeah, right. 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 So I always tell people, I say, this is what you do. If it looks like G- Paul is contradicting Jesus, you just put Paul on the shelf until you understand him, but you right. do what Jesus says do, because at the end of the day, we're, gonna, we're going to uh, stand before Jesus, not stand before Paul. Um, uh, at any rate, go, going back to contextualizing the scripture, this whole book, you, you can't pull one verse out or one chapter out without the, understanding what the whole book is about. And there, w- this is this. I'm going to try to say this really quickly. So basically, Paul would uh, go from place to place and preach and teach the gospel. Right. Well, on the heels of Paul, there was a group of people who followed him. Typically, they were known as Judaizers, and what they would do is they would go in after Paul after he's left. And then they would take all the believers and say, well, now that you accepted Jesus, that's great. But one thing Paul didn't tell you is that you also need to do these things as well. Right. And then Paul, when he would then go back on his second missionary journey, he'd go back around, he'd get there, and he'd say, what? What are you, what, what are you guys doing? Or he'd get a letter from someone as Is this like the this. problem he was having with Apollo? Oh, well, the um, Apollos? Yeah, Apollos. Wasn't he fighting with Apollos going, going behind his back, basically? And trying to change what Paul was saying? Uh, no, I don't think it was him. Okay. Um, somebody but, was. I uh, remember the... Yeah, there was, was it Alexander the Coppersmith or somebody. He was. He did have some issues with other people, yeah. Yeah. So so basically what happens here is Galatians, he's, this is happening, where people now believe salvation is not just by faith, but it's by faith plus. And so he's dealing with that. And so he actually asked him, he says, how is it that you started off in, in the Lord and now... Who's beguiling you? You're, you're getting off track here. And even he says here in, in chapter 4, which is the chapter in question, he actually says to them, he says in verse 9, he says, but now after you have known God, now you, you've received the Lord, now after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to weak and beggarly elements? Now, one thing that's important to understand there is you can only turn again to something is if you were once there already. Mm-hmm. And so he's dealing with people who had already been trying to get salvation one way. Then they found Jesus. He says, now what you've done is you've turned around and you've gone back to trying to do the other stuff. Weak and beggarly. There's nothing weak or beggarly about the law of God. Right. But there's a lot of weak and beggarly stuff about the tradition of men and their rules and regulations. So you have to take this into consideration. This is what the chapter is about. And then Paul says, okay, let me give you an example. It would be similar to me on a Sunday morning trying to explain something to my people and then saying, all right, look, let me break this down for you. Uh, you guys all remember the three little pigs, right? Okay, well, let's just say that, that this house represents this and this house represents that. And I'm trying to basically get across a main point. 
But at the end of the day, it really doesn't have anything to do with the brick house or the house of straw. <laughs> it's just the point I'm trying to make. And what Paul is basically saying is, is this. Say, listen, Jerusalem could be the temple, like Steve is saying, or it could be just the system that Jerusalem set up, yeah. which is basically you got to do all this stuff. So he's saying, look, no, uh, at the end of the day, it's all by faith in Jesus. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a natural carnal thing as in a natural city. We're looking at a spiritual city. That's what Abraham did. He went and looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. All right. When we come back, is it all right for Agape Church to have a night celebrating Israel? Okay. All right. We're going to talk about that and other things when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Welcome back to Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about uh, Pat Davis. We'll tell you about him in just a moment about buying health insurance and how you can save money and 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 get the kind of coverage that you want. But right now we've been dealing with this question uh, that was presented to all three members of our panel. Let me read it again to you. I'd like to ask Steve and Billy to explain what they think Paul is meaning in Galatians chapter 4, the whole thing. It looks to me like this chapter is in opposition to much of what Steve and Billy say because the chapter says that physical Jerusalem is likened unto Hagar and says it's a place of bondage because of Sinai. Uh, then in verse 30, it tells us to cast out the bondwoman uh, in Jerusalem and declares us not to be children of bondage, uh, i.e. Jerusalem. Okay, so that's what they're asking. You guys started off by saying, look, there's some foundational work we got to do. You did a little foundational work. Now where do we go? So I let you start off, Steve. This time we'll let Billy start off. Um, so uh, basically basically, what we've said here is is the, the important thing to get from this, right? Um, context. And it's, it's the thing I say over and over and over. And we started this conversation off saying this. You have to understand the context of what is being said and go look at the life of Paul. If you go examine the life of Paul then you'll understand that um, of all the apostles, he seemed to be the one who kept most strictly to keeping the law. Um, he, and he had to defend that position. That's one of the great things about um, the New Testament in a whole is that we see him defending his position over and over and over. You know, people accused him constantly of teaching against the law and he'd come back and go, I didn't do any such thing, which means that Galatians cannot be mm cannot be by his own words his own admission it cannot be a rebuttal to the law it can only be a rebuttal to those to two things one the oral traditions and two the fact that people thought the law could save you Mm -hmm. the law cannot save you and and neither neither pastor steve nor i have ever said that the law is what is required to say no you've never said that what what we do say is that once you are saved god does have a list of things, a, a, a behavioral guideline. How's that? God has a behavioral guideline that he wants you to live by. You know, and, and I often, often talk about uh, when, I, when I compare why I do what I do, trying to get someone's head to wrap around it. I go, suppose for a moment that, and pick a sport, it doesn't matter, whatever your favorite sport is. Um, Football. The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys call me up and go, hey, we would like to sign you to a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract. And I go, awesome. You realize that at my age, that ain't going, we don't care. Come on down. 
So I drive down to Dallas and sign the contract. And when I show up on the field, they go, you have to put on this uniform. And I go, I don't want to wear the uniform. They go, but but you have to. That's that's part of what it is to be on the team. You have to wear the uniform. I don't really want to do that. Well, by the way, we also have a code of conduct because all sports teams do. We have a code of conduct, and I go, I don't really want to do that either. Well, but you, but you have to. That's that's part of the bargain here, right? Is you you will look and act like we expect you to look and act. Well, God has a similar sort of thing. He's like, look, once you come into the kingdom, now that you're here, now that you are saved, there are there are things that we expect. There are things that God expects you to act and look like. By the way, every Christian that I know will surrender on some portion of that. Do we not believe that murder is wrong? Mm-hmm. I mean, as a Christian, you shouldn't be out murdering people. Do, do we believe that adultery is wrong? Yes. Do we believe? Yes. Do we believe? Yes. The problem and, and is we want to try why? to draw lines. Why do you believe it? Right. And it's because it's the what? The law. It is mm-hmm. the law. Uh, matter of fact, without the law, you can't even define And you know, We all talk about, well, we should not sin. What is sin? Yeah. Sin it's is in missing the mark. the mark. What is the mark? The mark is the law. Yeah. It is the law itself which defines sin. Without the law, you, you, there is no sin without law. Mm-hmm. It is the law that defines what sin is. Therefore, violating the law is living in sin. If you, and if you were just like, well, that law doesn't apply to me, well, it, it does. You know, imagine I get out here on the highway and go, eh, I don't like speed limits. I, I don't think those apply to the people who came before me, and therefore, uh, I'm just not going to keep speed limits. They don't mean anything to me. And the first time I pass a state trooper, he will remind me that I was wrong. Well, the problem, the, the problem is, is the evolution from basic moral law into what we believe right and we've kind of devolved in our christian culture that really we don't teach any law anymore right yeah that there's no accountability that jesus loves me just the way i am i get to do whatever i want act whatever i want and as long as i love right as long as i love well if that love means loving more than one woman oh that's okay no it's not right oh i love that guy's car more than he does oh i'm going to take it no that's you know you can take it anywhere if you don't have some basic foundation right so what people and then when we try and say, hey, you know what would make more sense um, if you start looking at everything in its context? And let me tell you about the Sabbath. Let me tell you right. about the feast. Let me right. tell you about some of these other things. Well, I'm not under that. No, I'm not talking about salvation, right? I'm talking about if you want your faith to make sense. And and the analogy that I usually give or I would give is say, <clears throat> if I have a, a wife and three daughters, if if I tried to explain my family and I didn't use my name, my wife's name, or my daughter's name, if I changed our anniversary dates, if I changed their birth dates and tried to say, well, this is my family and I use something different, that's what we're trying to do. Does it mean that they're not my family? No. But the family wouldn't make sense if I change every aspect about it. So when we change Saturday, Sunday, you know, uh, tabernacles to Christmas and, and Passover to Easter and all of that stuff, we're changing the entire kind and it makes it difficult to understand the family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that's really what we're trying to say is you're, you're going to be part of the family, right? But the family's not going to make a lot of sense to you until you get everybody's names, right? Their birthdays, right? Their age is right. And their genders, right? For crying out loud. Right. So there, there's just an, a thing that will make sense when you start to do well, the things that we talk about, but it's not salvific. Well, it, it's like doing the Lord's supper. Mm hmm. And doing one part of Passover and ignoring and, mm-hmm. and, and being said from, from you know, from uh, uh, the pulpit or the lectern, whichever you want to call it, 
uh, that, you know, what you're talking about is the Lord's Supper when, in fact, you're not talking just about the Lord's Supper. You're talking about Passover. Yeah, right, it right. all works together. Mm-hmm. you gotta, You got to un- understand all of it. And it just makes you it makes everything fuller. Does that make sense? I yep, mean, I, sure. I'm kind of new to this. I mean, I've yep. only been in this like three years now. And it, I'm my faith has grown because yeah. I'm understanding a lot of this other material mm. after going through Passover and yeah. the Seder and the whole nine yards and not just taking the bread and the wine at the, at the end of a worship service. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it goes also to the point that uh, what uh, pastor Steve was saying in the sense that, uh, you know, Paul had this, um, we see several examples of him through the book of acts doing things that were, were outrageously, um, demonstrative of his his belief in the need to celebrate the feast of the lord or do things like that so if, if in fact he was doing that yet telling other people don't do that mm-hmm. right then he's a hypocrite yeah and and paul was not a hypocrite so he so his life itself can't say one thing and then his letters say something else so you can't take his letters out the, out of the context of his life right so you have to filter the letter through his life and if you do that you're you're what you're going to think is well, I don't understand. I must be misunderstanding what he's saying, and that's the position you need to take at this. You shouldn't just point out one verse or one chapter and then let that then be the standard for everything you believe. If Paul in other places said things uh, that were endorsing the law, he's not going to try and then say something completely opposite to another group of people. It all has to be contextualized, and that really that really cannot be underscored um, enough. And what you know, what Steve was saying about you know changing names and things like that. I've told this story before, but I'll tell it really quickly. You know, a few years ago, I was witnessing to a, I was talking to a Jewish man. We were having lunch together. And so instead of calling Jesus by his English name, I would always refer to him as Yeshua because uh-huh. he's, you know, that man would understand that. And I always, I would also use the word uh, Messiah. And at one point he stopped me and he asked me the question. He says, why do you keep doing that? And I, and I, I wasn't sure what he was talking about. So I said, what do you mean? He said, why do you keep calling uh, Jesus uh, Messiah? Why are you not using his last name? And I I was, what? Last name? He says, yeah. Why are you not using the word Christ? And then I realized this man actually believes that Christ is Jesus' last name. Mm-hmm. And I thought, has the church been so poor at communicating the gospel that the people through whom Messiah came don't even know that Christ is not a name, right. but it's a title. It's a designator. That, that means Messiah. And he, he was completely oblivious. He thought his name was Jesus Christ as a first and last name, the son of Mr. and Mrs. Christ. And I realized, you know, we have changed the name so much. We've changed so much that they see this as a completely and totally different uh, animal than what, it really, uh, than what it really is. Interesting that you bring that up because we were talking about uh, Genesis, the beginning of Genesis. Uh, last week at church and mentioning that at the be- at the beginning in the beginning of Gen- uh, Genesis it refers to God as uh, Elohim Yahweh or is it Yahweh Elohim which means the creator of the universe the Lord over us all and that after Eve gets into her conversation with the serpent it's only Elohim Yahweh is out of there a lot of people believe in i think elohim but don't believe the yahweh part yeah all right I believe there's a god but not my god not not 
in control of everything I'm doing. That's exactly right. That's a, that's a, it's important. That, just, that's right. important to get yep. to, in, in grips with. All right, we got to take a break. Come back. I want to I want to get back now to this guy goes directly to Jerusalem. All right, why? What is he and Hagar? And everybody knows who Hagar are if you know about Abraham. So we'll talk about all of this uh, again. Uh, Pat Davis wants you to know his number is 501-605-6935. You've got to get things together uh, to uh, buy your health insurance and save some money, 30 to 50% on uh, any provider in the nation. You can do that. Just talk to Pat about how he does it. Ask him some two questions. All right. One, do I have to pay co-pays? So he'll give you an answer on that. The answer is no. Uh, the other is deductible busters. You'll want to know about that as well. But you'll only find out by calling Pat Davis, 501-605-6935, or yourhealthplanman.com. That's his website, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back with you here on Dave Elswick. We're going to finish up this hour of the Bible, guys. Man, I got to believe this this week has been uh, light speed okay yeah. it's been very very fast all right so we've done a lot of foundational stuff here now let's talk about the jews all right because now we're going to get into i believe that the the writer believes that uh, the christian church has taken the place of the, of the jewish religion is what i think that he's trying to mm-hmm. bend us towards uh so the chapter says that the physical Jerusalem is likened unto Hagar and says that it's a place of bondage because of Sinai. What's he saying here? What's he referring to? <clears throat> Steve? Oh, well, I think it's what I said earlier. Um, and But the one point I want to get to is what he brought up about Pastor Scott and doing the night honor is no, we're going to get that at the end. Oh, well, I was going to say we're almost there. I know, but the we got time. When, when you're talking about <laughs> Jerusalem nine minutes in the bondage, then he's obviously trying to say what I said at the beginning, which is about trying to be under the bondage of the law for salvation, trying to be justified by the works of the law and and all of those things. But we know that physical Jerusalem still has a lot, not just spiritual a lot to do in the end there are so many right, prophecies right. that talk about the return of um, the people of israel back to the land and oh by the way it says yahweh god himself jesus is going to stand on the mount of olives yep. so he's coming back to the place he left so the physical place still has a lot to do in our day right and in the story of god you know i, I would have thought i would have thought 1948 solved this particular debate yeah. Good right. Point. I mean, mm-hmm. never in the history of the world has a nation been so utterly destroyed and then reborn, yeah. and that it can only happen by the will and plan of God. And then 67. It's like, yeah. It's like, look, God obviously desired for Israel to, to be a nation. Uh, by the way, Scripture is, when we talk about end-time prophecy, Scripture is full of references to Israel, physical Israel. Uh, I, I would have thought that God's sovereignty in, in bringing that nation back um, and 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 sticking it right at the forefront. If you don't think Israel's at the forefront of the world, go look at news. Mm. Go look at any news where everybody in the world wants to destroy that nation. Um, <laughs> they are the thorn in the side of the world's plan mm. to turn away from God. Yep. Cup of trembling. Yep. All right, they are the cup of trembling. I got eight minutes, seven minutes left. Scott, mm. 
You're going to have a night honoring Israel. That's mm-hmm. coming up on it's been six? moved. It's been moved. Oh, it has. Yeah. What's it going to be? It's the thirteenth. The thirteenth of, uh, of March. March thirteenth okay. at six o'clock. Sarah Sanders will be the uh, keynote speaker. All right, honoring uh, Israel. I like to ask you. He says, if he feels this chapter calls your efforts into question. If not, why? Again, seems like old natural Jerusalem is not really the thing to focus on in this age going back, saying that he says that uh, Galatians declares us not to be children of bondage to Jerusalem. Yeah. Well, I think that we have to go back once again. And if, if you actually look at those verses there, he says these are examples. So he's basically setting up a, an illustration to, to, to bring about a point. Uh, I mentioned during the break, there's a, there's a rabbinic way of teaching called Kalbachomer, and it means uh, heavy and light. And Paul uses this, or not, well, Paul does use this before. Jesus uses this when he talked about if your eye is offending you, then pluck it out. It's like basically, you know, it, if, you, if something is in, the, is in the small state, do it quickly before it becomes something really bad. But he does, Jesus is not advocating plucking your eyes out. Uh, but you know what? There have been people in the past who've actually done things like this. Yeah. They've cut off lim- members of their body because they took that as being literal. So this is this is a, a rabbinic way of teaching to illustrate a point. And Paul's point in that whole illustration is uh, related to bondage and freedom, which is delivered by uh, rules and regulations that Jerusalem had as opposed to um, heavenly Jerusalem. Uh, but I think that both the, the guys here made a good point. You know, uh, Jerusalem is still central. It's still the apple of his, and the apple of God's eye. It's his focus, the epicenter of his attention in end time uh, events, Jesus is still going to return to Jerusalem. He's still going to sit on his father's on the throne of David in that uh, place. Uh, you know, you don't have uh, God supernaturally bringing the nation of Jerusalem back into or the city of Jerusalem back into existence in 1967, destroying the entire Arab world in six days. If the hand of God is not involved in mm-hmm. uh, in doing something like that, so it is still the, the focus uh, of end time uh, events. If you want to look at what's happening biblically in the world you look at jerusalem you don't look yep, at uh, yep. new york um and on top of that um so so we are we and really when we say celebrate israel uh we're t- we're referring more so about the uh not so much a geographical area but we're talking about the celebrating the, the jewish contribution to the christian faith and with that um it's a way for christians to fulfill a biblical command uh in uh, romans chapter 15 in verse 27 actually if you read previous above this I'll, I'll start up a little bit ahead of this and it says um it says um uh shall i come to you for i hope to see you on my journey and to he- and be helped on my journey um helped on my way there by you for it uh, i'm sorry if first i may enjoy your company for a while now i'm going to jerusalem to minister to the saints for it pleased those of macedonia and of achaia that's greece to to make a contribution to give financially to the poor saints that are in Jerusalem. Now notice how Jerusalem is still a focus here of where Paul's going. If if everything Jesus did made Jerusalem irrelevant, why does Paul keep going there all the time? Uh, and But then in verse 27 it says, And it pleased them indeed, for if they, the Gentiles, for if they, the Gentiles, are there, that being the Jews, they're debtors. For if the Gentiles have been made partaker of the Jews' spiritual things, I'm putting Jews in quotation. It doesn't say it there. It's reference. If the Gentiles have been partakers of the Jews' spiritual things, it is their duty to also minister to them out of their natural things. 
So Paul is saying is if the Gentiles have received anything from the Jewish people, then it becomes a duty, an obligation of the Gentiles to contribute to the Jews in natural things. So they give us spiritual things, we give them natural things. Paul is talking about a physical Jerusalem and a spiritual Jerusalem. It's, so he's saying here, so the Gentiles have a responsibility. And the nighttime of Israel is a way, a natural way, that Gentiles can fulfill their duty by making contribution to the uh, the Jewish people. And that can be through attendance and celebration. But also we're going to take a collection because we're trying to help uh, the the uh, people build a, a community in the uh, in the desert area in the uh, Negev, and any, every com- community that's built is required to has is required to have a bomb shelter within X amount of years. And we're trying to help finish the construction of that bomb shelter. We need forty thousand dollars to complete the bomb shelter. And you know, I'm just I'm just believing that during the course of this event, we'll be we'll see forty thousand dollars raised, and we'll get to build a bomb shelter for this community in the in the Negev, Amen. in the southern Amen. part of Israel. Okay. But it's, it, it says here, it is their duty. So every Gentile listening to me, if you're a Christian, you have a duty to participate. Yeah, Romans 11, 17. All right, let me read that to you, where it says it's talking about us being grafted into uh, the olive shoot or into Judaism, into Jesus Christ. Do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Amen. <laughs> That's important it is. to keep in mind. Amen. All right. With that said, guys, thanks for coming in. Yes, sir. I told you we could do it in an hour, Scott. You did. <laughs> we did, and it was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. We'll talk a little bit about Armageddon next week. Some people mm-hmm. asking about that. And we had another question. I promise I'll ask that question first off in next week's show. So from Scott and from Billy and for Steve, myself, have a great day. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>